Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Um, in meditation, a lot of, of it actually is the relationship to what's happening. It's not actually the thing, the itch or the bliss. Or the, it's actually the relationship to what's happening. That's very interesting. Like when I would uh, go and um, I remember particularly reporting to a Burmese master, uh, Upandita, and, uh, and others also, but somehow that's what comes to mind. I would report my experience... And one day I would come and say, oh my God, the mind is so scattered and, and the body is so achy. And they would say, hmm, so how, what was the relationship with that? Could you allow that to be like this if it was like that? You know? And I would say, well, it took me time. I was a little aversion, wanting something else. And at some point, you know, there was some kind of acceptance. And then it became interesting. And then they would say, so eventually what happened? And there was always the same kind of format. What happened... What was the relationship to it, and what happened eventually? And eventually it changes, you know? And then I would come back and I was like, oh my God, there was no boundaries to my body, everything was light, I thought I was flying. And like, okay, what was your relationship with that? You know, no difference. Itch or blissful, luminous body, no difference. It's just, so what was the relationship? Well, I got really excited and I was afraid of it and I wanted more of it and, and uh, I thought I was awake and I wanted to tell everybody what had happened. I was like, okay. And what happened eventually? Well, eventually I got curious about it. I accepted that it was like this and I got curious and I let it be like that. And what happened eventually? Well, it crumbled, it vanished and I got back at my body. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. You know? So, it's not cynical, you know, like, it's not like, oh, everything passes, we don't care. It's actually, we care about how you hold everything. It will all pass. That's all that they, these things have in common, you know. I get blissful, I'm one with nature. What eventually, the, 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 the teacher will not say like, oh, you're, bliss, you're blissful, you're one with nature, good meditation. They don't care so much about this. They care about what's your relationship with this. This is the truth. This is it. We're one with nature. Okay, you fixated around that. You know, a, a passing perception, you made the truth. So now you're miserable when you're separate. You know, when you've, you don't feel the connection. Where's the connection? Where's, the, where's me, one with nature? It's not available anymore, you know. Well, what's your relationship with that? You know, perceptions change. Ideas change. Experience change. What, how can you hold what is... Uh, beautiful and expensive how can you hold what is challenging and you know how can you be when you go in the underworld in the world of the dead you know in the in the world where you're confused and you don't know what's coming and you don't know what is what anymore how how do you do that there so good bad meditation is not like oh my god i was in a bad trip or i was in blisses how could you hold that yeah so that's a different framing our evaluation of the world is a lot around, is it pleasant or unpleasant? But in this field, it's not like that. Is You will be confronted with adversity. You will be confronted with what? You will be... This, these are the words of the Buddha. Human beings are often separated from what they want. 
they're often separated. They want bliss and they have misery. They want uh, the person to stay and they go. They want the person to go and they stay. <laughs> you know? They want the person to say something and they say the opposite. They want this person to speak and they don't speak. They want to be courageous and they're weak. You know? They're often separated in all kinds of ways with what they want, human beings. That's a human experience. Can that be okay? Can that be met skillfully? It doesn't mean you become a carpet and you accept everything. It means that you, you're able to meet n- the nature of reality, which is uncontrollable. We can participate, we can contribute, but we cannot control events, not even in, in, inside events. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. You, know, you want quiet, and it's unquiet that is there. You know, you don't control inside or outside. But there's a training where one can first recognize that it's so and learn to accept it and care for this and find freedom in that deal, which is the weirdest deal ever. You know, you'll be born and you won't have control over, <laughs> you know, you'll have life, but you won't have control over health, you won't have control over psyche, you won't have control over others. Would you sign up for that? You know, well, that's where you find yourself. You know? Is that possible to be free in, in this, to, to have a fullness of life? The Buddha said, yes, it's possible, even in this reality. So there's a presentation of reality here. I'm, I, you know, you might notice this. I'm not saying, I'm not presenting a world where you can get everything you want and it's bliss absolute here. You know, it's not that view of the world. This is another retreat with somebody else. (laughs) In this one, there is sickness, old age, death. There is separation from what we want. There is also beauty, connection, enjoyment, gratification, depth, richness, but it's also part of it. I like, for me, it works well. I like to live in that world. I mean, I like that it's presented like that. It's liberating for me. Because for many years I thought it's my fault, you know, everything's, or it's the fault of somebody else, you know, or somebody else, you know, it should be flowing all the time, you know. If I hadn't said that, then it would be flowing. No, it's not, that's not meant to be flowing. It's not that the world from the perspective of a human being is uh, crooked, it's bancal in French, it's like, It's a little like, from the perspective of a human being, it has its own rule, it works really well. But if you're a human being, chances you get frustrated (laughs) with the world, because it won't behave according to what you want, or what I want. Do you recognize something like this? And so here, the mature practice is to recognize this, and say, okay, how can I be with that now? How can I be with lack of control? That's not easy, you know? I cannot control what happens in the world. Wow. But I can certainly contribute. I can be a stressor. I can add stress to it. You know? Or I can uh, alleviate some of the suffering. Some, I have some say. I have some agency. I don't have complete agency. That's another teaching. Another version. The secret. You, know, you can get everything you want if you're... If your thinking is right, I don't know. Those who wrote these books probably get sick, and people leave them sometimes. Or 
they meet people they don't want to meet. You know? Probably, I would think. So I hope it's not too harsh a presentation of the world. Because the happiness now, it's not about getting what you want, it's about being able to respond to what is happening. This is where our agency lies. This is where there's something that is possible. How am I meeting this? This, this, is, this is the area, so the relationship to what is happening. That's the central point here. Actually, freeing it's to hear you say that is it. So many of us feel onerous responsibility yeah. to be happy all the time, or to bring happiness. Yeah. And so to hear you say that, I find quite quite freeing. Yeah, freeing for you. Great. Good. It goes with a burden. Mm-hmm. There might be different response here. You know, somebody might feel grief. You know, or fear. You know, like grief. Like, oh my God, it's not. Are you telling me it's never going to be flowing like I wish it to be? Or actually, probably not exactly. But the Buddha kept saying this. I wouldn't talk about this. I wouldn't teach this if it was not possible to actually find a way into this. If it was not possible for us to meet this fully, I wouldn't talk about this. It wouldn't be worth it. I talk about it because it can be freeing and empowering to say, like, okay, I actually don't have control but I can learn how to meet reality. Things uh, come, they go. Everything that gathers will scatter. That's the, everything that begins will end. That, that's, uh, that's what it's, it's framed around. You know? And can we meet that? Sometimes it doesn't feel like it goes away for a long time. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going away. Like, away? it rises, it passes. Yeah. So you mean things appear to be permanent? Or, or, or my experience of them is, yeah. you know, it's, I understand intellectually it will pass, but it's generating its experience, or I am, or whatever is my experience of it. And I hear, I'm almost speaking to myself, but I'm, I'm using your words to remind me, I think, that that cultivation, for me, I get, I think I get, Confused between just witnessing it and as opposed to maybe practicing a kind of relationship, like actually choosing to say, I hear you say a lot, and I love you're talking to yourself, like using words that I would use for my children, or like it's almost as if I don't feel like I'm allowed because I'm too active when I'm doing that, but it's so helpful for me, it's so relieving for me to to be able to, to word practice the kindness yeah. more overtly, I guess. Otherwise, it's almost sometimes intolerable. Like it doesn't feel I can tolerate it yeah. just by being there, sort of witnessing yeah. it, or I pass that over. <laughs> you know? um, so, so infusing yeah. a lot of kindness in the practic- yeah. practice, that's what I'm hearing. And, and also appreciating, your, hearing you use the words, I think re- remembering, reminding yeah. myself that I can use those words, or whatever words I need to use yeah. to make it kind. In yeah. It's in the presence. Yeah. So practice that because it doesn't always feel like it's innately kind. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so practicing like faking it almost, like trying it out, or, you know. Or and the words generate yeah. the feeling. 
feeling yeah. because they're familiar. So you hear a word and it's like, oh, that word generates mm-hmm. the emotion, yeah. I guess, that is helpful yeah. in being able to stay with something uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm talking to myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> and about the other part, about the kind of things that don't go away and seem permanent. So the teaching is saying that when the conditions are right, things arise, you know. Mm-hmm. And when the conditions supporting their arising or their being there are not there anymore, these things disappear. Mm-hmm. And part of the practice is to recognize the arising and disappearance. Mm-hmm. And another part of the practice is recognizing the the fact that we don't have control over all the conditions, you know, that, oh, I wanted this, but I, I can't bring all the conditions together, or I want this to go, but I can't actually, I don't decide about these conditions that are there, you know. So it's extremely humbling practice, very, very humbling. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I wanted to say a few words about, again, about what we're practicing here. There's a kind of meditation. I talked about this uh, answering your question yesterday, I think, but I want to talk about it again a little bit. So there's a kind of practice that is... uh, Meditation often has one of two different goals. One goal is concentration, the unification of mind, and another goal is the development of wisdom. Sometimes these two goals appear together in the practice. But if you go learn meditation in in any setting, any tradition, it's probably going to be one uh, goal or the other. So the goal of concentration is to gather the mind around one object, a mantra, a scanning of the body, a staying at the nostril in breathing, uh, awareness of the breath. So it gathers the mind together in one object. When this happens, it takes time, it's a practice. If you do it for the goal, usually it's going to be really hard. But if you just do it simply for the love of doing it or for to try it out, often the conditions will come together and things being conditional. So by applying again, just saying, can I stay here? Can I stay here? Just here where the... the air touches the nostril as it comes in or out so you would not do anything else just this, dedicate yourself to to this in the sitting here just this, or if you were outside saying, maybe for many people this works like this as a concentration practice the, the walking because they don't open up the senses they just stay just with the sole of the feet, so they'll feel only the the, the feet landing, so the touch of the feet, the feet uh, lifting and moving and placing. They usually walk very slowly, and they all their attention goes down there. You know? So there's not hearing, there's not... So they give fully themselves to the sole of the feet, so lifting, moving, placing. And just that uh, refuge, we could say, like taking refuge in just this, or in the nostril. When we do this, I make this gesture because it points to one-pointed awareness. When you do this in time, what happens is the doors of the difficult emotions close down. You can't actually have access to difficult emotions. They're not available to you anymore, temporarily. When I was practicing with uh, the one of, I think it was Pandita, he had us repeat again and again in Pali, the word temporarily, you would say, 
samadhi or samatha concentration brings temporarily uh, and he wanted to really uh, emphasize on this so temporarily which is not it's not benign it's like it's pretty f- powerful temporarily the doors to difficult emotions fall so you might experience this at some point even in this retreat where suddenly there's a kind of an experience of flow where there's just uh, the hearing of the sounds or just the breathing and you don't anymore doubt what you're doing. Am I doing this right or wrong? Should I do this or something else? This is gone. What else is gone? The desire for something else. I want to be concentrated. All this is gone. You're just totally there. The aversion, even if there is maybe some discomfort in the body, you're so with the breath that aversion is gone. You don't have a problem of energy. Do I have an... Oh my God, I have to muster energy to be mindful. This doesn't happen. It's not like that at all. This is gone. There's not The possibility of too low energy is gone. The possibility of too much energy, agitation, gone. That door closed. You, you, you don't experience like, uh, you know, like, Oh my God, when is he going to ring the bell? I have too much energy to be with the belly, you know. Do you know? Do you recognize some of this? So all these are gone for, for temporarily. The mind is gathered like this, around the breath, around something like this. around. Sometimes it's gathered around concentration or calm itself. It doesn't have to be a physical object like a mantra or the candle light. It could be about around the listening itself, mindfulness itself. You know, like at some point you become aware of like the quality of attention. And the whole mind gathers around the quality of attention. And it's very refreshing. It's a different way to live. We notice when we have these experiences that we live a lot with what we call hindrances, obstacles of the mind. You know, we're always like at home, for example, we're always like doing the phone call so it's done and doing this so it's done. You know, and we're always like in front a little bit wanting things to be done. You know, we're not completely, even in the walking here, you might experience this. You're walking to kind of actualize an idea you have, you know, of somebody walking. So you're not actually totally in the stepping. You're kind of acting out an idea of... Do you see what I mean? It's like this little idea, oh, I'm somebody walking, I'm stepping, so you're, you're actually trying to do it. You know, so it's done. You've done it. You know? And so this is slight little hindrance. So you're sitting here and you, you're there, but you want the next moment when it's going to get quiet. So you want a little something. It's not you know, like greed, like I want all the money in the world. It's not like this, but it's, you want to experience a little something else. You like that quiet, but you want a little more quiet, you know, something like this. So all this is gone in that experience. And then at some point, that experience vanishes, it crumbles, that's in its nature, because it was conditioned, it was created. So what is created will be uncreated. And so at some point you're sitting there, and suddenly, whoops, it comes back like, ah, oh, it's a little hot in here. Or, why are they doing, making noise? You know, why, why is this person moving? You know, there's a little, little you know, up, suddenly it's gone. So that's that kind of practice. But it strengthens the mind. It makes the mind like a laser. You know, it's very, or gathered. It's very satisfying because a scattered mind is difficult to be with. In this practice, that is also welcomed, but it's not what we're aiming for. What we're aiming for is wisdom. 
is the capacity to be alive in the middle of life as it's happening. You know, in life we're often, as I was saying in the group just uh, earlier, we have six doors that are open all the time. That's how we live. Huh? We hear things in our daily life. Eyes are open. Impressions comes to the mind. Memories. I forgot this. I have to do that. So we're an open field, six doors. This is the five senses plus the, the door of emotions, impressions, etc. And so what we're trying to do here, which is not easy, is to keep the doors open, as in life, and to see if we can be present in this way. So we're not like, we're not going like this. We're staying open like that. And we see if we can be in the middle of this, in the middle of... Uh, discouragement. We're trying to see if we can be awake in the middle of the different mind states. And so it's not easy. And we have to figure out what is this practice. At the beginning we might think, I have to hear a sound, I have to feel my feet, I have to, you know, it's, it's not, and then we figure out, no, 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 it's just, I'm here. And I discover what it is like to be here. What is it like to be here? Can that be okay? Can that be known? You know? And we learn to uh, be in the middle of, of this here. So it's a very different practice. But there's something similar as in that can happen here. And it's described, you've seen this a few times if you've been hanging out with me. But I, I bring it back to every retreat because it helps me understand what happens. And I think it describes well what happens. So at the beginning of this kind of practice, where the, imagine it's very round, it's a little flattish here, but imagine it's very round. So we say, I'm going to be present to what's happening. And then, whoops, we're taken by, let's say, the past. Oh, but I forgot, did I really lock the door well at home? So something, you know. And, oh my God, I just want to be here, you know. Am I doing it right? Or next week, something. And, you know, and you have to uh, bring back attention. Say, oh, my intention is actually to be here, be awake here. Do you recognize this? And then it's like, it slides, you know, like, oh my God, you know, I have to start this thing again. And, oh, come on, don't give up, you know. And you do this. And at some point, what might happen with continuity, with these blocks of practices, where I'm saying, I'm actually going to dedicate myself to this, very simply, two secrets. One is continuity. The other one is not making a story out of uh, the falling. Because if you're like, I fell, I always fall, you're going down, you know. So the, the practice we're learning is to actually not make a case, gone, back, gone, back, you know. Make it easy on yourself, like this. And at some point, there's a reversal of the ball, and suddenly we discover, for a little while, also it's going to be temporary in the same way that I described, suddenly we're in the default setting is to be present. And sometimes the mind goes in the past, it, rips, it slides right back naturally. So I'll be like this, sitting here, just with breath, with light, through the uh, eyelids closed, or with temperature or sound of uh, street over there. And then there'll be, a, maybe I should do a different practice, maybe I'm not doing the right practice, a little wave of doubt. You know? But the way it's going to happen when I'm in the default setting is going to be, it's going to go like, maybe I should, I don't even want to go there. It's too much trouble. You know, considering, am I right or wrong? Do I, what are others doing? My God, they're doing better than I. You know, like, I recognize this is a lot of trouble. And I just come back to being here. 
I wonder how I'll be after the retreat, you know, maybe awake. You know? And then I wonder, I think it's better to be here, you know, and just feel the contraction of I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Wow, not knowing feels like this. And then, oh, if I have known that ten years ago, oh my God, what a, you know. And come back here and be here. And I learn to actually stay around here and take care of what is here. It becomes gathered also. But, so this kind of concentration is not like that visually. It's like this. The point uh, of concentration is the present time, but the spectrum is open. The spectrum of sound, emotions, uh, thoughts, etc. It's open. And, but the point is, the, the common point, the staying point, is the present. I'm in the present. Even I can allow thoughts, actually. There can be like, uh, I don't know, a memory that comes. Oh, this was difficult. And then I go, oh, let's think about this in uh, mindfulness. This was hard. It was hard. And as I'm saying this moment with this person was hard, I'm still feeling the body sitting. I know that I'm breathing. I know that I'm here. You know, I'm not gone in the trance of over there. I'm awake here. Like, wow, this was difficult between us. Or this was beautiful. This person was very generous. Just thinking of their generosity as an effect on my breath, you know. Like I'm putting words, but it's, it's plugged in. I'm here. I'm not gone. I'm not entranced by the thought. They're so generous. People are so generous to me, you know. <laughs> I'm not gone. I'm here. Wow. The effect of generosity. That was a small gesture. They just helped me grab the salad that had fallen from the table. That was really sweet, actually. It's amazing. Very, very simple. And now I feel safe here, because I feel I'm not judged for dropping lettuce, <laughs> but helped along. I'm joking, a little bit, but <laughs> it's based on my experience of <laughs> often feeling uh, inadequate when I drop lettuce. You know? And it's in- interesting how my value goes way down when I drop lettuce. <laughs> and try to be mindful of this. So... Um, so, do you see a little bit what we're practicing? So, I, I know, I think a few of you have practiced with uh, Yanai Pastelnik. Do I say his name right? Mm-hmm. Yanai is a teacher in England and also in America. I, I teach often with him, but I never say his last word, <laughs> his last name. <laughs> so, Yanai. Anyway, I was just, I thought I could tell this because to me it was, uh, it was interesting. So we're day two, maybe like this in the retreat, where we're practicing an open awareness like that. And so somebody asks a question, and I, uh, I, I get to answer that question, and they say, Pascal, it's, it's, to me it's a little like kind of chaotic and confusing, all these senses. I have a practice of being with the breath, maybe I, I can't remember if it was at the belly or the nostril, uh, which two schools, you know, very like, you have to be at the belly, you have to be at the nostril. So they say, I'm used to be at the belly, can I just be at the belly and hang out there? You know, it's to me it's like, brings my nervous system down and it gathers my mind and it feels good, you know. And so I said, yeah, why not? You know, you're, you're free, you know, you, if it's helpful for you, you can you can go to hang out there, you know. It's, it's reality, you know. It's, 
and you'll notice that it's changing as everything else. You know, you could be with sounds, it's going to change. You can be with belly, it's, it's going to rise and fall. You, know? you, could, you could be there. And Yanai said, momentico, you know. Hold on, I'd like you to try to stay actually open and not go to your default setting or to your refuge. I'd like you for a couple of days to keep it open. It might be disconcerting uh, a little bit, but you might actually find something about it. And so after a few days, this person raised their hand and they said, I just want to report back to the group, you know, into, to, about my experience. So it was actually difficult, and I had doubt about it, and wanted to go back to my technique, you know. But now there's something, it took a few days, it did. But there's something actually open, that I can be eating, I can be in noise, I can be in the, and there's, a, there's, a, there's something that is happening that is very different than what I've known in the past as practice. And I actually think I can, that's going to be really helpful for me to, to have both, you know, to have both tools, both capacities. Because in the world where I go back, I'm working with people and I'm relating, and and you know, if I, you know, if I'm, if I, that's the only thing I have. It's good that I can return there to stabilize the whole system, but I also want to live in a way that I'm open to what is happening, you know, and, and that I can be in life like this. So I was happy that uh, Yanai, you know intervened in a way, you know, and said, I'd like you to stay with the practice. So I'm saying this so maybe it inspires you to say, like, actually, I want to try this, yeah? Because in that practice is blissful, but then I return to a world where there's uh, all kinds of things happening, you know? There's racism, there's sexism, there's, uh, you know, invisibility in many many ways for people. So I'm you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that are troubling happening. Can I actually learn to be in that world so that I can actually respond, that I can, that I don't fall into despair, into shutdown, into reactivity, that I can actually be? So that's what we're practicing here. So if a thought comes about uh, the world, then I can say, like, oh, this mind is disturbed now. This mind is grieving now. Another world that I would like to be in. But this world is like this. Can I? Can that be okay? Not in the sense of accepting and saying, "Oh, this is how it is," you know, in the in the in the in the sense that I can actually feel, allow the feedback loop to be complete, so I can actually feel the world and gain access to creative ideas. Maybe, oh, I know that I can do that about this, and a deep acceptance that I can actually cannot control the world. In the same way that I won't be later able to control my health, you know, or my memory, if that what goes, what's go goes away, you know. So this is deep practice. Yes, uh, are retreats ever held in difficult environments to cultivate being with difficulty? Yeah, like being here. <laughs> no, but I mean, you don't have to go very far. You know, you just have to have a body and a psyche, and. Et voila, you know, they are going to... Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. But there are, you know, like uh, Bernie uh, Glassman, uh, amongst others, maybe. Bernie Glassman organizes retreats at Auschwitz, you know, so it's a witnessing retreat. He organizes retreats, urban uh, um, uh, uh, 
homeless retreat. I, I don't know if that's how he exactly calls it, but uh, where everybody's given a few cardboards and uh, no money, and they do the retreat in the streets of the city to experience what it is to be uh, homeless and how, you know, to develop compassion and great care and uh, inclusivity and uh, sensitivity, you know. So you can look out for these. And I know you are also organize those retreats with the people of the First Nations or, or uh, natives in America. So they go on the land and they hear people tell their stories. And so they witness, they... They say, we're going to bear witness. We're going to actually be there and be stable. We're not going to freak out and get angry and hateful. We're actually going to hear deeply and allow for the feedback loop to happen, to be impacted. And we're going to learn how to develop calm and equanimity. Exactly the same. I, I've done these retreats, so I'm speaking from my ideas about it probably more. But my sense is what is invited in these fields careful attention what is invited in these fields quietness listening compassion care uh, acceptance uh, courage honesty you know this is this is what we're practicing here same thing we do this in maybe in this pro- somewhat protected environment because we know the psyche and the body has their have their own difficulties it's a, it's a it can be, yeah. And it also can be, the mind and body uh, can allow us, give us access to amazing experiences, you know, of opening, of uh, release, of, uh, of um, stability, of uh, spaciousness, you know. And so I don't want to shut these down. I talk a lot about the difficulties, but these other uh, possibilities are there also. And we come in an environment like this here to also open the mind in this way with the development of the qualities that uh, I'm talking about, at some point we're going to go really far. We're going to go into questioning or maybe discovering that we're not maybe that separate self that we perceive sometimes to be, or a lot of the time or most of the time. We're going to release this in the quietness of a stable mind. Suddenly perceptions become more ephemeral like everything else. We notice that, oh, I appear and disappear. You know, when I have an idea that I am always me and I'm stuck with me or etc. in close attention, you know, like this haiku says, you know, we're sitting the mountain and I until only the mountain remains. We're sitting the mountain and I until only the mountain remains. So here we'll be sitting the sound and and I until only hearing remains. The I falls, there's just hearing, tingling, joy, fear. And suddenly the world opens. It's just, it's not me who's liberated, like uh, one of my teachers says. It's everything else. But that takes a little investment in quieting the mind, in uh, letting go of preferences, in being able to meet what is there just as it is, not having this opinion that it should be a little improved version of this or that. You know. Can it be fully like this, fully like this? 
So I'm just going to finish maybe with a few little uh, haikus just for the fun of it, for the beauty of it. And I think they talk about practice. Uh, I like these haikus. Um, maybe I'll say them twice because apparently it's part of the tradition to do that. Right there at my feet. And when did you get here, snail? Right there at my feet. And when did you get here, snail? Talking to me about a certain quality of presence where you can notice the world. You know? Oh, right here at my feet. Right here in the middle of me. Guardedness. How did you get here? What do you feel like? Let me pay attention to you, life. The night and the moon and the neighbor playing his flute out of tune. The night and the moon and the neighbor playing his flute out of tune. There's something for me equivalent. The night and the moon and the traffic. Wow, amazing. Suchness. This is how it is. Can we take the fullness of life? Not just the moon, which represent awakening often in these poems. The night and the moon and the flute out of tune. This is life. The clouds roll in, giving a break to the one watching the moon. The clouds roll in, giving a break to the one watching the moon. The moon again awakening like I'm one with nature, and suddenly I'm tied me against the others, you know, trying to reach the golden milk. <laughs> you know, these different experiences of life, can they be both in, welcomed? And just to finish, stupid monk last year, this year, all the same. <laughs> and this is Ryokan, like one of the greatest uh, masters, I think. Stupid monk last year, this year, all the same. <laughs> No judgment, honesty, uh, tenderness, humility, joy. This year stupid, last year stupid, this year still the same. 20 years of practice, still confused. Can that be okay? Okay. Bon appétit, and enjoy the different dips. <laughs> I love Jan's uh, cooking, really. I, personally, I do. I'm just joking around a little Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.